Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. It feels so good after a victory to talk to my co-host, my friend, Sean Shapiro, who penned a terrific article on his Shapshot Substack. And you can check that out as well as EP Rinkside and D Magazine. And his article was on the great Mike Madano and telling the story of Madano and how we came from the player Mike Madano to now the statue Mike Madano. And we'll start there. And hi, Sean Shapiro. Let me just say there's no hockey tonight. What is Sean Shapiro going to do? <laughs> is your wife going to look at you like, why are you hanging around? <laughs> it's a, it's a Tuesday. No, no hockey on a Tuesday night is, uh, and we've tried, you may have our listeners, or if you're a hockey fan, you may have heard the terminology. The NHL is a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday league. And, uh, this is the one week it's not each year with the, uh, and, uh, so now I will be, uh, Making the drive down to uh, making the drive to the in-laws tonight to kind of start the the Thanksgiving festivities for the week. So that's kind of the that's that's kind of the plan. Make the drive tonight, and um, yeah, it's 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 an odd schedule, Gavin. Obviously, as you said, there's no yeah. games tonight, but it's like um, Jeff Merrick had a pretty good explainer up on Twitter earlier today about it. How um, one of the natural things about why this happened. And I think it's an important context because there's sometimes the NHL takes grief for things and that's fair, rightfully so sometimes, but this is one of those where I'm not really sure what else you could have done because every American based team um, wants a home game the week of Thanksgiving. It's a huge revenue driver, every single sure. team. And so essentially every team in the league that's in, that's all uh all 26 sorry all 25 um all 25 uh american-based teams this week either play at home wednesday or at home friday basically they all play they're all guaranteed at least a wednesday night or a friday night around thanksgiving which means all the canadian teams are in the united states this week and so you only had availability in a couple arenas um you and the only like the only team that really could have hosted tonight would have been the Coyotes, and the Coyotes would have been asked to play a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, and then play Friday, which would have been a three and four around Thanksgiving. So, mm. so as much as we give the NHL crap for things, sometimes this is one of those where there's not really much more you could have done. So um, enjoy, enjoy the uh, if you're 
if you're a hockey fan looking for a fix, I'm sure you can go and find, I'm sure you can go find uh, there's probably a junior game or a uh, AHL game on TV. You could probably go to AHL TV and find something like that. You can go find something, but that's why there's no NHL game tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm resting. I got the hockey doubleheader tomorrow. I'm doing the Sean Shapiro. So at five o'clock tomorrow, five Eastern, uh, four o'clock central, I'm going to see a real nice tilt Two top 10 college hockey teams, Quinnipiac against Boston university. As I scout Macklin Celebrini, who in 10 games with Boston University Terriers has 20 points. So uh, excited to uh, go see him. And then I will rush home to watch Stars Vegas, which is a 830 Central Time. So a doubleheader of hockey for me tomorrow night. Enjoy that one because that that uh, Celebrini is fun to watch. I saw him play couple times last year i haven't seen him in person yet this year i still have to find a chance to see to see uh bu in person this year but uh i saw him play with the chicago steel a couple times last year and he's a fun player he's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft next year and uh he's one of those guys where uh it's always fun um with the prospect stuff sometimes to see players and see guys who We'll probably be playing in the NHL next year. So enjoy that one. Quinnipiac, uh, reigning national champion, as you well know. And uh, yeah, and Stars Vegas. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good way to draw it up, Gavin. I mean, it's always changing, but boy, they have Quinnipiac as uh, number three and Boston University as number five, NCAA.com. So, mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I, I love the college hockey atmosphere, and let's just touch on that in one second before we get into Madano yeah. and the philosophy as far as putting kids in college in systems rather than them being junior and let's just say an ECHL and how NHL um, they're they're really liking how the college game has developed. It, the college game has taken a huge stride. Um, now, it's not the. It still takes. There, there's still. It's not completely overtaken the CHL as that quote unquote number one development league, um, but it's it's really it's really taking strides. You've got, and the big thing for me. Is it is how Canadians, some top Canadian prospects like Celebrini, are recognizing this is the route to go. Um, we saw Adam Fantilli last year, who played for Michigan as a freshman, won the Hobie Baker Award, and then was the number three pick by Columbus, and how he used the college hockey route. And so when you have top Canadian prospects picking college hockey over the CHL that's when you know things are moving in the right direction um, as far as college hockey going in that way. And I've talked to some people before. Um, one of the things that I think college hockey really prepares players for is it prepares them for being, being forced to find ways to make their skill fit into a system. Um, Cause college hockey is a little bit more structured than, than major junior. And part of that is the age you could, like you'll see that Quinnipiac game team tomorrow, Gavin, and I believe they have two or three 24 year olds on that team. Like you've got guys on that team who are four years older than Wyatt Johnston, if you think about it. <laughs> and wow. uh, and uh, so the structure in college hockey is important. And 
you have players who in the NHL, the structure, the NHL is the most structured league in the world. So kind of the translatability from being able to find your game in college hockey to find it in the NHL. I think it's one of the best one for one matches right now. And I think there's a lot of the other thing, too, is you look at the the body build and the body type. With the college hockey schedule, you typically play Friday, Saturday. This week's obviously a bit odd with uh, with Thanksgiving, so you get a little bit of some of the Wednesday, Friday mix-ins and stuff like that. But um, it allows players who need that extra time to mature physically and grow and everything like that. You get that, plus you get four or five days in the weight room each week. It really is a path that teams and teams and prospects are starting to notice as they go down because um, it's, and it's celebrating is a perfect example. Um, I wrote a story two weeks ago about um, Artem, um, Artem Levshenyov, who's a freshman at Michigan state right now, who probably will go probably go third in the draft next year. Who's playing at Michigan state as a 17 year old. And he's a Belarusian kid who part of the reason he's there is because of some of the weirdness with the, in the world we are with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and Belarus's connection to that. But I wrote a story about him two weeks ago because kind of the reason he went down that path of college hockey and how it's being identified. And his agent is uh, he's a gold star client and gold star is Dan Milstein who happens to be ironically about other things we wrote about this week. Dan Milstein happens to be Nikita, Nikita Zadorov's agent, um, Andre Vasilevsky's agent, um, the uh, Kucherov's agent, all the big Russians. And so if you got Canadian prospects and some European prospects picking college hockey that way, it just kind of shows you where the trend's going. Get me back yeah. on track, Kevin. You, no, it's, it's, you, it's you're great. I mean, hey, listen, I have the question you run. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. So in Sean's Substack last night, he wrote a tremendous article on the history of Mike Madano in relation to the Dallas Stars. And David and I talked about this on the post game. It was announced late in the second period that a statue would take place. March 16th, a statue unveiling of Mike Madano, same creator of the statue that did the Dirk Nowitzki statue. They met Brad Alberts, Mike Madano, and the creator met. So they know what they're going for. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see the statue unveiled. Uh, Sean, um, you know me, and you know I've talked about this with you and Craig. I've always wanted a statue of Mike Madano. I was really excited uh, for the announcement. I think it's overdue. Um, I think he's meant a lot to this city, and I think it's great for the game of hockey. Even if you like are one of those people, which I don't understand, that he's working for the Wild, and so therefore you think he's the enemy. Um, I think it's great for the state of DFW hockey that we have a hockey statue in front of our one of main one of our main arenas. Yeah, I, and the other thing, I actually I didn't touch on this in my piece, but I've been wondering as I've been thinking about it. Um, I do wonder. Mm -hmm how um if this and, and not saying it's unfortunate that it would have required this but i do wonder if the stars were kind of waiting for the mavs to set a precedent with the statue stuff like i do want like because sometimes there are there are as much as we want to believe teams are always forward thinking sometimes there are some Sometimes the stars follow what the Mavs do, and and it's it, it, it's it's something that naturally happens. So I do wonder if 
it was something where after the Mavericks kind of went the way of getting public art commissioned and everything like that, the stars, then, okay, we'll go down that route. So I wonder if the stars were kind of waiting in this. Um, the thing that I wrote about, and you can read the piece over at the, at the over at the Substack Shap shots um, to me too often we get caught up in post-playing career and, 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 and what it means to a playing career legacy. Like I saw some people are like, ah, I'm not excited because he works for the wild. They're like, okay, that's fine. You're allowed, you're allowed to have that feeling. You're allowed sure. to have that. But at the end of the day, Mike Madonna, the hockey player, his time in Dallas ended in 2010. What he did, what he does in his post-playing career, obviously as long as it's all kosher and, and not anything unseen or anything like that, it's it doesn't impact what he did for hockey and DFW. The, it, the history there has been written. It can't be unwritten. And this team would not still be here if not for what Madano did in the early days. The Stars came, to, came from Minnesota, and as we've seen with other uh, relocations and expansions that happened in the 90s, you needed a face and success for a team to stick. And that's what Madano provided. Um, it's He deserves a ton of credit for this franchise being here. He deserves a ton of credit for so many things. And uh, so he works for the Wild. That's fine. If, if, yeah. if, 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 if that's your beef, um, I mean... Like as someone asked me on on Twitter, they're like, "How often does someone get a statue while they're getting paid for someone else?" Well, it happened with Martin Brodeur. He was working for the Blues. He was, a, <laughs> he was the assistant GM for the St. Louis Blues when the Devils put up a statue for him, and a yeah. guy called and a guy named Wayne Gretzky when the Kings put up a statue for him. So I, right. I, I don't I I don't I don't think place of employment impacts your statue. So no, no, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't think differently of Brett Hull because he's singing Gloria at the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup celebration. I mean, he was a massive part of, you know, Dallas Stars history. Ed Belfour is probably more well-known as a Chicago Blackhawk. But Mm -hmm. to me, you know, great part of Dallas Stars history. And I'm glad that he was inducted into the Stars Hall of Fame. So um, I think that mindset, I love the competitive spirit of fans. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm excited that Mike Madonna wants to stay in hockey. And, you know, if Jim Nil chooses and the organization chooses not to have him a part of it, that's fine because Jim Nil and his team um, have really done a nice job here as far as building a great foundation that I think will be here for years to come. So they should be celebrated as well. It's just, you know, it it's a good thing. And, um, I agree with you. I think he was a terrific, not just player on the ice, but he was a terrific ambassador. He was the face of the organization. And I think he, uh, I'll always say that while I appreciate the Stanley cup runs that, you know, this recent club has had and everything, that 99 team set the bar for hockey for just forever, basically here in DFW, the personalities that were here and the massive appeal that they had, um, it was wonderful. So I, I'm glad it's being celebrated. And it, and the other thing, too, is uh, you have, like, <laughs> and this is just, this is kind of funny to me when you look at how people care and think about this stuff and, and worry. Like, Mike Madano's not innocent in the whole 
it's not like the stars discarded Mike Madonna. Like I know, like that's sometimes the things where people be like, like, oh well, they like he should have like he doesn't have this role or whatever. Like, just truthfully, Gavin, I don't want. I'm not sure Mike Madonna's the best. And this is not. I'm, this is not to throw mud at anyone. Just it's just the reality. I'm not sure Mike Madonna's the best person to advise your hockey making decisions. To advise your hockey making decisions, and he yeah. made a choice, which is. All the power to him. He made the choice when the stars asked for him to do more and doing more meant not being in Arizona. He chose family and his five kids and his wife over working for the stars. And that's fine. Like, I think that actually that that's completely great. That's fine. And the fact the wild were willing to give him that flexibility, more power to the wild. Fine. But I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, the fact the Wild hired Bill Guerin to be the GM and Madonna had some input, like, I think that's good. I think that's a fine hire by the Wild. But I also, you remember, Gavin, the, and I mentioned this, I made this comparison in the story I wrote last night. You remember the debacle it was in Dallas when Brett Hull was the GM here. If you want Absolutely. an idea, if you want an idea of what it, of, of what it, what it's just to give a guy power because he did something great for your franchise on the ice. That's the mistake. And the stars made that mistake one too many times already. They couldn't just give that power to Mike Badano. I mean, so he is being honored in the way he should be. It doesn't change anything. And he gets to, and stars hockey is, is better for it now that there's a statue honoring the history because it's now something that's great. Like to me, it's that flashpoint. It's that, it's that flashpoint and memory point where, um, this is and this is what statues and, and retired numbers are for me. You go to a game with a new fan, you go to a game with a kid, and they see a statue or they see a retired number. They're like, oh, why is number nine in the rafters? Oh, now you tell the story. It, yep. it, it's how it's how you keep the history of a franchise, the oral history of a franchise alive. And having Madonna on Victory Plaza, um, I really hope they do. It's got to be like, I don't know what design they're going to do for the, for the statue. I really hope they do the design where he's hoisting the cup. You, have you, you've seen that iconic picture where he's hoisting yes, the I cup? Th is, I think that's like, going to be it. Like, I think that's got to be it, right? Because you, this, that, that's the story you want up there. And when someone walks onto Victory Plaza or whatever it's sponsored by now or whatever, you want, you want people who are new fans and kids to point to that and be like, oh, tell me about that. And you want the oral history of the franchise to continue yes. through that. And that's what this does. Yes. Yeah, I I don't want it's 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 also another reminder of that '99 Cup team, mm -hmm, and yeah. I I want that team celebrated for a long time, not just because you know of Craig, um, but I I just think that that team needs to be celebrated as much as possible because uh, they meant so much. So yeah, mm -hmm. great article by you chronicling the history of Mike Madano with the Stars post Stars, um, so. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, for, for that day. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Let's get into the game last night, yep. and uh, kudos to Pete DeBoer pushing the right buttons um, because, you know, we're highly critical of coaches at times, and we have to give them stick taps when they do the right thing. Um, this load management uh, thing, uh, you know, last night's a perfect example. I would have liked to seen Jake Ottinger uh, come off what happened in Colorado and really shut things down last night. Scott Wedgwood gets the call as part of the load management, and Scott Wedgwood gets the job done. Played really, really well. The other thing is switching the lineups. And, you know, not an easy thing to do when you have the household names of Robertson, Pavelski, uh, and Hintz, um, who were named the number one line in hockey last year. And they moved Jamie Ben up. They moved Jason Robertson uh, with Wyatt Johnston and Dodonoff. And it seemed to pay dividends as uh, Jamie Ben. Uh, got rid of his scoring slump and that line looked really good. And he kept the other line together of uh, Marchment, uh, Sagan and Duchesne. So pushing the right buttons, Pete DeBoer. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's more of an indictment. Honestly, like it's, it's a definitely a credit to DeBoer of, of having the willingness to mess around with the Pavelski, uh, Pavelski hints, Robertson line. And it's also kind of one of those spaces where I would have liked to see like that, that top line clicked and I'm sure you and David talked about it last night about how yep. that line clicked and everything like that. But I think it's also an important conversation for the long-term impact on forcing Jason Robertson to start driving his own line again with Pavelski and Hints this season. Um, and they're a great trio. I think we've seen a little bit of complacency in Jason Robertson's game at five on five. We've seen him kind of rely more on Pavelski and Hintz when he needs to be the man. 
He needs to be that guy who scored 109 points last year. He needs to be the guy driving a line and driving production. And I think, and even though last night he had no points or anything, he only, he didn't have any points last night. He had zero shots on goal. I don't, obviously I don't like that, but I would keep him on this line for Wednesday night. I would keep him with that group on Wednesday night to kind of keep working the message of we need him. You need him to take a step to drive his own line. You need him to drive with Johnston and Dodonov. You need them to, you need Robertson to kind of take it upon himself. I'm going to be the offensive catalyst for these guys. I know what these two guys are going to do. We know Johnston's going to go to the net. We know he's going to stop and start well. We know Dadanov's going to be good in transition. Robertson needs to be the focal point finisher on that. And I think it's a great opportunity to time to kind of get him going. Um, and it didn't happen last night, but I still think you keep it. You, you keep this grouping or trio together for Wednesday to uh, try to get your hundred point score back on track for what he was last year, just kind of mentality wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that I, you know, I think, we talked about on the podcast that we were looking for that victory against a playoff slash cup contender. Didn't happen against Colorado. Um, thought they played well in the first half, obviously just bad in the second half. I did like Pete DeBoer's comments where he focused on the positive after that game and uh, fell behind early two to nothing. So showed resilience that you can come back. And that is, the Rangers' first loss in regulation since October 19th. And, oh, yeah, you went against the top goalie in Igor Shosturkin. So mm -hmm. to put up four on Shosturkin I thought was impressive. Um, I thought they drove the net really, really well after kind of a slow start, but we're kind of used to those slow starts, Sean. Yeah. Um, you know, um, mm -hmm. granted, New York was down a couple of players, but we were down, you know, we were down Harley. So, um, you know, it happens. It's it's the NHL. After two games, are you seeing anything, or should we wait till after the Vegas game? Um, it's funny. Someone asked me last week in the mailbag over at my site of what I thought we would see from this stretch, and I said one, one, and one. So it was the <laughs> we're on we're we're, we're on, on track. track. We're yep. on track for the uh, big win loss and uh, and uh, hopefully, I mean, obviously, a big chance to make it two and one against Vegas. I, this was, this was kind of the bounce back you needed rarely when you play big games. Like the, the great thing about this stretch for me is no matter what happened in the Colorado game, the game against the Rangers was going to be a statement type game. It was either going to be a build up game or a bounce back game. And this was the type of bounce back you need, you needed to see, uh, I think from a coaching perspective, I liked the willingness to mess around with some things and think about why you lost and how you can fix things. And I also, I also liked the, um, I still, I just like the mentality the stars had about this game too. Um, we'll still, we'll still have a greater list of ideas and, and what's working and what's not for this team after Wednesday against Vegas, just because, that is still the class that you want to be registered against. But this was against a Rangers team that has been really good this year as one of the best goalies in the NHL. I think you, you, you can't be disappointed even if, and that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good win. And I, I like the way they, they finished it out too. I mean, it's the, I know it's, you can say it's, it was a six, three final, right. But really this was a, um, this was really a 
this was really like this really felt more like a five two game honestly yeah six three i mean the goudreau goal with like 15 seconds left is really whatever and i know the scar the stars scored two empty net goals but this game is really more of a five two finish so yeah yeah i I did want to ask you I, i talked to david about this um and i think i would have been critical of DeBoer if he had done this four minutes left down by two rangers second power play in the nhl and they go on the power play like i said four minutes left and they pull shesterkin and to me i think i would have allowed that power play to try to you know score one before i pulled the goalie because i i know that time was running down but i just i looked actually my dad was watching the game with me and i said this game's over because i just feel like you know it just gives the shorthand, I mean, granted, you know, there's no icing, but at the same time, you know, one turnover and you're done. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm normally a fan of the aggressive pull. I like, I, I think typically that's something that I'm on board for, but you're right with the power play. Cause what steel scored with was it sixteen thirty, So it was yeah three and a half minutes left. I probably, would have given the power play a little bit more time to try to get something before going, before going to the six on, before going to the six on, uh, to the six on four. Um, just with the nature of a, the stars are a really good penalty killing team and B, um, you add in the fact as well. Igor Shosturkin is one of the best puck handling goalies in the NHL. That's, that's, that's another thing too about this, where if you you give the stars icing the puck, I mean, if anyone wants to go look something up on YouTube, go look up Igor Shosturkin's puck handling. He's one of the better passers in the NHL right now. With all those factors in mind, I would have kept him in the net longer. Um, I don't mind coaches being aggressive, so it's fine, but I do agree with you on, I would have, preferred if i was looking at this from a rangers perspective of give the power play a little bit more time to try to get something going before allowing it allowing basically the stars to take free shots at an empty net yeah i especially I especially like... especially especially because when you're shorthanded there's no icing so you can just take as many looks right. as you want so yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and I, I did like on the and i wanted to ask you about this um i thought on the marchment goal when he poked at Shosturkin and it went between his pads, I thought they said no goal and I was expecting to be whistle blown. But when they said goaltender interference, I said, wow, I'm going to have to see that one again. And I did like how Marchman immediately went over to Jake Ottinger for explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I, like I, mean, I, I mean, basically Marchman has been so stake pitted on challenges yeah. so far this year that it's, uh, uh, I, I maybe maybe going to Ottinger for for <laughs> consolence is, is maybe consulting some hockey karma. I don't know. Yeah, like, exactly. so. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it was interesting the challenge on Saturday night, and you have highlighted the loss of Kelly Forbes as far as the goaltending video or the video coach um, of the Stars, and there was some controversy Saturday night with the Stars challenging um, an Avalanche goal for goaltender interference and then having to kill a power play, which they did, but it just seemed to kill, you know, or partly responsible for killing the momentum of that game. They didn't play bad, you know, in the second half, but I thought this was a really good challenge. 
yeah no it was i think that was fine yeah it was a um and as far as ha it's also one of those where for if you're marchment it's one of those where it's like hey you've uh things are turning your way a bit too like i i keep going further back to there's some things that you don't need an overly large explainer on there's just a simple thing of sometimes a guy just needs a win on something and it was good to see marshman get a win on something like this <laughs> no, absolutely yeah. you know absolutely and it goes back to duchene i mean just the the way that him and sagan are clicking and laughing together and um just the relationship that they have and he's making marchman a better player i mean it just truly is amazing and i feel like i continue to repeat myself when i keep bringing up matt duchene but every single game sean i just see things that i'm like wow what a signing i mean it just yeah. continues to get me excited yeah and we uh we actually got the so matt that's actually a pretty good point right now we did we got two homework assignments from our last episode, I think. I mean, yes. one, of them, one was the um, um, the uh, is the the Tri Texas uh, that's written on Duchesne's stick. So I got the backstory on that, um, okay. and it is the uh, it's it's the title of a song by Larry Fleet, and he heard it shortly after signing with Dallas in the summer. And so we really like the lyrics. That's why he wrote that's it's, it's a song. It's a song dedication. It's a, it's a Larry nice. Fleet song. Try Texas. That is the, uh, the, the Matt Duchesne one. And then the other one, the other piece of homework. So I don't forget it. People were asking us about the stars 30th anniversary season. Yes. Right? So yes. I, um, I reached out to Brad Alberts, stars president with this very question. And I got, I wasn't going to read this, the text word for word response I got on this. So, it was, uh, and this, he sent, the, he texted this to me on Sunday before, obviously, Madonna, before the Madonna announcement for the statue, said, uh, honestly, and this is word for word here, honestly, we felt that we were all kind of anniversaried out, especially with the Jersey retirements, Hall of Fame inductions, and as you've said before, we made a really big deal out of the 25-year one, plus we have something else we can kind of celebrate as well coming out soon. So, to give every, so... We did our homework. There's no, the stars basically did not do a 30th anniversary ceremony because they felt they had the, the statue was a big thing to celebrate. They had this and that. And between Hitch going to the hall of fame and that um, they felt that uh, while nostalgia is great, sometimes you don't need to make it a part of every single day and every single thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of like the earth move because within a 24 hour basic span, you had Jerry Jones saying that Jimmy Johnson would be inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor, followed by a Mike Madonna statue. I'm like, this is amazing. These things have been years in the making. And then all of a sudden they just drop. So it was uh, wait, did, pretty cool. Did, did, wait, they actually announced that now. Finally, I thought that had been said like a couple of years back, like the, sorry, the ring of honor thing. This is me. This is me. Oh, clearly yeah, missing yeah. Cowboys. So they finally yeah. announced that. <laughs> yeah. December, December 30th against the lions. Okay. Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson will be on hand and the whole Fox crew will as well. And they will induct Jimmy Johnson and he will get finally his spot in the uh, Cowboys ring of honor. To give people an idea of how my brain works when you talk to Ring of Honor, I'm like, things are dropping. I'm like, is Gavin talking about Sergey Breland going into the Devil's Ring of Honor? I got that email <laughs> press release today. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig hates me, but I'm trying to get Luds in the hockey, uh, in the uh, Stars Hall, yeah. which I think will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, the legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Uh, so, William Nylander was a rock star for the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs at the Global Series in Sweden, which brings up the question, Sean, with so many Finns, Heiskanen, Hints, and et cetera, et cetera, um, will we see the Stars going global and playing in Finland, possibly? So, the Stars make logical sense to play in Finland. The, the team has had more players... Uh, on their roster than any other have had had more finished players on their roster than any other NHL team. And yeah, add in the fact that Yuri, that Yuri Lettinen is the um, GM of for, for team Finland and everything like that. And um, it's uh, it would make logical sense. Here's the, there are two big obstacles getting in the way of the stars going to Finland and neither of them are bad. It's just a reality of it. The first one is um, the international game that is first on the Stars docket is not is not Helsinki or Tampere as it would be in where the games would be in Finland. Right now, the Stars' big interest and in when they're talking to the NHL about international games is Mexico City. The Stars want to play in Mexico City. Them and the Coyotes um, are kind of um, them and the Coyotes are in Vegas too. A lot of the American Southwest teams are kind of all in this jockeying to kind of in this national jockeying right now to be the team whenever the NHL does go to Mexico City to be kind of one of the standard bearers for that. It's kind of like mm-hmm. we know that the Coyotes are one of them. It's 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 one of those where it's probably if it's if it's one game, we know for sure the Coyotes are we know the Coyotes are going for sure. They have a the Hispanic ownership group, um, and 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 are they they will definitely be in whatever games Mexico City. It's probably the Stars, but if there's only one game, you could also see Vegas making a push for it. Um, Vegas was the uh, fun fact when Vegas and Florida played in the Stanley Cup final this past spring. It was the first time in NHL history both teams had full time Spanish broadcasts. Both Vegas and Florida, have, and so Vegas has has done that. Interesting. Um, the Stars have had Spanish broadcasts here and there, but don't have a full time Spanish broadcast. Uh, so the Stars on the international docket want to go to Mexico City. Um, it's funny. Uh, Austin Matthews brought up how he would love to go to uh, Mexico City. Obviously, as someone who has that family heritage there too. Yep. Um, but I don't think Toronto is going on that trip as of right now. Um, 
So that that's one reason. The other thing about those international games, and this is the the thing that we're seeing, and I was actually because I know um, those international games make really mess with your travel schedule because you go. So, for example, Detroit, Minnesota, Ottawa, and Toronto, they all went over to Sweden this year and they go and they play two games in the span of eight days. And now they come back and Detroit, for example, is playing, um, I believe it's eight games in the span of 14 days now coming back. And it's one of those where Detroit lost both those games. And if you struggle a trip like that across the Atlantic mid season, it can tank your season. It, it, It really can. And so there's teams that are contender. It's hard for the NHL sometimes to get teams that are contenders like the stars are to be interested in going in on those games. And so Mexico city wouldn't be like that, right? Mexico city, you wouldn't be crossing the Atlantic. Mexico city would be just, yeah. A couple hour flight. Wouldn't be a big deal. Going to Sweden, going to Finland would be a challenge for the schedule and it would be tough. And I don't know if the stars are on board for that right now. Um, yeah. Plus Al Montoya being a part of the stars organization. Oh yeah. That, that's another big pit. Another big thing for the stars trying to, trying to kind of grow and, 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 and get into play, play in Mexico. Um, I would, I think the stars would be, I think there would be a space for the stars to go play in Finland. I think there would be more interest from the stars and Jim Neal and Tom Gillardi. If they were to able to do what, uh, what the predators and um, sharks did at the start of last season where the shed predators and sharks started the NHL season over there. They played in, uh, they played in Germany. And so I think the stars would have more of an appetite for that type of game, not a mid season one where it requires you to go mid season, but one where you could be like, okay, we finish up, we do, we, we go have a preseason game over one preseason game in Finland against a European team, start the season with a back to back, um, maybe against a team like the Panthers or something like that. Another team with a strong, like Alexander Barkov, Finnish captain, things like that. Um, and, and have it at the start of the season. So there's not a elongated break mid season that you have to both build for and recover from. Um, it's just the reality of it. Um, so Good intel, that, that, though. Yeah, that's that's kind of thing. I I would I think it would be great to see the stars play in Finland, and I do think in Miro Hishkinen's career, I think they will. I I do think they will at some point. I think it's just not in the next cycle or the following cycle of Global Series games for the stars to go to Finland. Um, I I imagine the fact. I imagine we're talking seven eight years from now. Um you could see the stars going to Finland in a way where the same way that Nashville went and went to Germany, but also played a game in Switzerland because Nashville really wanted to go to Switzerland for Roman Yossi. It was really, it was really a Roman Yossi thing. How do we, this guy's given so much to our franchise. He's the lifeblood of our franchise. How do we give back to him and go to Switzerland? And I think that you could see something along those lines with Miro Heishkin in seven or eight years with the stars. Um, of wanting to go play over there. So great, great. Uh, so how do, 
another random question yeah. that I wanted to ask Brad Alberts because I want to see that North Stars sweater on the ice. <laughs> okay. And we got to get Brad Alberts on the program because, I mean, kudos to him. The Madonna that, uh, statue that he's behind. And then you look at the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, sorry, the NHL Draft, which came here. The Stadium Series, uh, the Winter Classic that came here. Brad Alberts has been tremendous for this organization. Mm -hmm. um, but my question is, is obviously the Stars have the license for the North Stars. What's wrong with letting Minnesota wear it? The, with the North, the North Stars logo or the North Stars colors? Yeah, I mean, either either... Either Dallas wears it or basically we have a logo that's in flux. And I, if it's going to offend Minnesota so much, I mean, I don't know. Why, why not let them wear it for a game? Because you're going to get all the retail sales from it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stars do own the logo, right? Um, it's why you'll see, I believe there's North stars merch sometimes in the, sure in the hangar, is. right? I think there is. Yeah. Um, well, this goes back. <laughs> I laugh and, and I, you hear that chuckle here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. It's the same reason I, I've brought this up to stars management before this franchise. 99 was not its first trip to the Stanley cup final. The North stars went to the Stanley cup final in 91 and 1981. Mike sure Madano, Mike Madano led this franchise to a Stanley Cup final in 1991. And we talk all about history and we talked earlier about statues of this oral history of being able someone to point and say like, hey, why is that jersey up there? You know what's not in the rafters? The conference championship banner from 1991. And mm. as long as <laughs> and as the fact that the and I don't even need all of the North Stars achievements in a banner and the rafters. I'm not asking for that. But I, I still think there could be a simple, there could be one banner with the North Stars logo in the rafters that's got 19, 1991, 1981 um, Stanley Cup finalists, or that would have been the the Campbell, it was the Campbell Bowl, right? Campbell Bowl champion, or whatever they were at the time. Um, like, I think as long as the team is it willing to do something like that? I don't see why they would ever do anything with the actual Jersey. Um, and it's also, and I actually get not letting the wild wear it. I actually get that. I don't mind the wild using the colors. I'm fine with the wild using the colors, but the yeah. wild are not the North stars. I don't want right. the wild using the logo. I'm actually fine with them using the colors. I don't care. Just, just like any team can change its colors at any point. I mean, at one point, um, and I put this actually, this is a chapter in my first book. Um, there was a spot where the stars almost went red, white, and blue. They were, uh, they, they almost changed their colors to red, white, and blue at the, at the suggestion of, uh, of, of razor. Actually, it was razor's idea that the team should go red, white, and blue. And, uh, luckily, uh, there was some, uh, pushback on that. Um, so, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I, well, I, I, you know, on that point, Sean, I'll also bring up something else, you know, mentioning a banner not up there. Number 22, Dino Cicerelli. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, 1,200 points. 
it's uh i mean you know and i understand listen i know they want to move on and everything like that mm -hmm. but you know i'm counting one two let's see three four five six seven eight nine years with the north stars for dino for dino yeah i mean he's got the like if you look at where is it uh 19 seasons overall in the NHL. Yeah, but like his, and that's, that's the thing where if you were to ask someone on the street, stars wise, like, um, so uh, Tyler Sagan right now is fifth in um, this season. He's, he passed Sagan, passed Neil Broughton for fifth to be fifth all time in goals yeah. scored in franchise history. Right. Um, Number f and everyone would be able to. I think everyone would be able to name number one and number two. It's Madonna and Jamie Ben. Yep. Cicerelli's number four all time yeah. in franchise history. Um, Brian Bellows is is number three too, and he's a terrific he's, player. And he wore number. Uh, but yeah, it's Cicerelli's an interesting character too, just from the spot where he was there. He also had he's hockey hall of famer, um, but he kind of missed the and he he was a he he kind of missed the a bit of the golden age on, on yeah. quote unquote golden age on everything. So yeah, it's um, kind of lost it, to it, history. Yeah, kind of lost history a little bit just by the nature of the timing of his career. Yeah, and, and and to bring it back, Sean, the reason I bring up the sweater conversation is I'm just jealous when I see Nordiques out in the ice or the uh, Hartford Whalers worn by the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, and I, have we had I, I double, real quick because you're in I, yeah because because you're in Boston. Real quick, we have yes. had this conversation. I think we've had this conversation, but I need to bring this up. Yes. I am okay with the. Uh, I am okay with the. Uh, uh, the great whale being worn I, by Carolina. I, I'm okay with it being used. That's fine. It's, it's whatever. Even though at, at times it's still, it still feels like a slap in the face to, it can feel like a slap in the face to, uh, to certain players. Yeah. Um, but, but, and this is one of those things where I don't, most, I, most people don't agree with Jack Edwards on many things and I don't agree with Jack Edwards on many things. And that's yes. okay. But however, when the whalers, when the North, when the when the Whalers moved to Carolina, they unretired Hartford numbers. So yes. you cannot go out. Um, and who is it? I want to make sure I got the right name for. Um, so number nineteen was retired by uh, the Whalers. Retired number nineteen for John McKenzie. Um, and when they moved from Hartford to Carolina, they unretired the numbers. You can't wear the Hartford numbers the Hartford Jersey and we're number 19. You have to like, and so it was a couple years back, Dougie Hamilton wore number 19 in the Hartford Whalers number. That's not right to me. It's just, right. it would just be like, it would be like the stars. Honestly, it would be like the, the stars wearing a North stars Jersey and trying to have someone wear 19 for, which obviously is clearly retired for Bill Masterton. So yeah. I am, I don't mind when teams go back to their history, obviously, um, the Colorado situation is a little bit different because there is no team in Quebec anymore, or there's no team in Quebec city anymore. There's no, and Carolina, there's no team in Hartford anywhere. So, so I think the fact that there's a team where 
the stars used to be in Minnesota is, is, is the big, is the big loophole there. I mean, the other thing, and we're jumping all over the place, Gavin, it's crazy right now, but the other, the other thing about Quebec it. city, the other thing about Quebec city, and I had not expected this until I was, uh, I was reading something this morning about it. Um, ironically enough, you bring this up right now, the Quebec government is, uh, getting a lot of pushback within the province because the Kings are being paid, are going to be paid. Uh, the Kings are going to pay, are going to play two preseason games as the home team in Quebec city next year. Oh. And they're being paid $7 million by the, uh, the, the province of Quebec is paying the Kings $7 million to play two home games, preseason oh. games there, not home, not regular season, preseason games oh. in Quebec city next year. And so I did not have uh, the Kings uh, be in the middle of, Quebec political issues on my bingo board this morning, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be also happy to know that two, nine and 19 Rick Lee wearing number two, mm-hmm. Gordy Howe, the great Gordy Howe, number nine and John McKenzie, as you mentioned, 19 Carolina currently is not using those numbers. Well, there's so they've no one in, on, they have no one on the team using them right now, but they're not retired. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cause I I'm with you and I asked Craig about yeah. it and he agrees as well. So I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I mean, those are, you, you go to NHL.com and they're selling Quebec Nordiques merchandise. They're selling Hartford Whalers. They're selling Minnesota North stars. Like this gear is out there and it's selling pretty well. People love retro gear. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, it's a Thanksgiving Eve. So I kind of, kind of Thanksgiving Eve. I just wanted to kind of end with your thoughts on a little sweater talk, my man. Yeah. Well, if they, if, if they're not allowed to do it anymore, cause the NHL, got really dumb with the specialty Jersey thing and all of that fallout. But if you ever really wanted to rub it in the nose of the wild and ever and wild fans, you wear the North stars Jersey for warmups, like yeah. <laughs> in a game against Minnesota. Like if you right. ever wanted to really rub it in that, that's the, that's the way you would do it. So, right. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So I also wanted to say that, you know, a lot of you will be searching for black Friday deals on Friday and you'll be going to amazon.com. Well, I was shopping on amazon.com and I came across a book that gets five stars. It's called we win here, the definitive essays and need about, did I read that right? The definitive essays you need to know about the Texas stars. Apologies, Sean. So um, it's a terrific book and I was looking, it's only $14 on Kindle and under $20 for a paperback version. So very, very reasonable. And you can support Sean and hear some uh, terrific Texas stars stories. And the forward is written by um, as he builds his legacy as a Texas stars legend, Curtis McKenzie. I appreciate you, Gavin, always pitching that for me. And it's, uh, this is, a. Uh, it's been, it's been that book. It's been kind of, since it's been out, it's been really fun to kind of see the reaction to it, to have uh, people read it. Um, so thank you again to anyone who's read it. Thank you to anyone who's listened to this podcast. It's it being like uh, around Thanksgiving It's a thankful time. So I'm just everyone who's read and, supported and and subscribes and all that stuff so thank you to everyone and yeah it's it's a good time to say that stuff no and thank you spits and suds listeners so we started these things two things we've started we started doing more post games and we also started doing spits and suds one-timers where we'll have guests and you guys have responded 
Um, we're having a great month as far as downloads, and we truly appreciate all of your support. Love talking hockey with the masses. I love putting out a tweet, and you guys respond, and you ask questions. You ask great questions, intelligent questions, and even if we disagree, you know, it's okay to ask these questions, and Sean and I are always open. And, you know, we talked last week about someone that was too shy to ask hockey questions but really wanted to get into the game. Well, this is the place to be because we'll try to teach you the game as best as we can. So this is an all-inclusive um, situation. And speaking of inclusive, I did want to point out um, we did an interview uh, last week regarding the United by Hockey Mobile Museum that will be, it's in Farmer's Branch today as we tape this. So tomorrow, prior to the Stars game, if you're going to the Stars game on the American Airlines Center Plaza from 5 to 9 p.m., you will see the NHL's mobile museum, and it's united by hockey. And it talks about inclusion, and it highlights players like Jason Robertson with his Philippine background. It uh, highlights the First Nations of Canada and the players that have uh, come from those Indigenous backgrounds. It highlights Black players. And it's a really, really special museum. I happened to take a, a mobile tour and I loved it. And it has a virtual reality section where you're actually going to be on the ice. It's completely free. So we talk about, Sean mentioned earlier, what's great about a statue is kids get to go up and, you know, ask questions. This is a perfect opportunity to bring your kids and learn about the great game and some of the great stories, um, not just about men's hockey, but about female hockey. Uh, about sled hockey and just these players and what they've had to overcome. So I would encourage you guys to go support this mobile trailer that'll be out there tomorrow. Like I said, completely free and it's all about the great game. Sean, have a great Thanksgiving, sir. And I can't wait to hear if your wife's sick of you because there are no <laughs> NHL games tonight. I'm sure we'll, uh, <laughs> she'll, I'll, I'll find, I'll find, I'll, I'll have the game on. I'm sure when I, when I'm flipping through a couple games tomorrow night and everything like that, yes. it's, we'll be good. So <laughs> yes, no, no, no AHL, no juniors, no yes, East yeah, AHL yeah. you, sir. Yes. Just family time yeah. tonight. Take the yeah. night off. You deserve it. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to do it for another episode of spits and suds. Remember you can find Sean Shapiro EP ringside at his shop shot subscriber, uh, sub stack page at D magazine. He's a beast. And thank you one and all for listening to spits and suds. Have a great day, everyone. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com sportsfan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.